Chapter One of Etiquette. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Laurie Ann Walden. Etiquette in Society, in Business, in Politics, and at Home. By Emily Post. Dedication. To you, my friends, whose identity in these pages is veiled in fictional disguise, it is but fitting that I dedicate this book. CHAPTER One: WHAT IS BEST SOCIETY? Society is an ambiguous term. It may mean much, or nothing. Every human being, unless dwelling alone in a cave, is a member of society of one sort or another and therefore it is well to define what is to be understood by the term best society, and why its authority is recognized. Best society abroad is always the oldest aristocracy, composed not so much of persons of title, which may be new, as of those families and communities which have for the longest period of time known highest cultivation. Our own best society is represented by social groups which have had, since this is America, widest rather than longest association with old-world cultivation. Cultivation is always the basic attribute of best society, much as we hear in this country of an aristocracy of wealth. To the general public a long purse is synonymous with high position, a theory dear to the heart of the yellow press, and eagerly fostered in the preposterous social functions of screen drama. It is true that best society is comparatively rich. It is true that the hostess of great wealth, who constantly and lavishly entertains, will shine, at least to the readers of the press, more brilliantly than her less affluent sister. Yet the latter, through her quality of birth, her poise, her inimitable distinction, is often the jewel of deeper water in the social crown of her time. The most advertised commodity is not always intrinsically the best, but is sometimes merely the product of a company with plenty of money to spend on advertising. In the same way, money brings certain people before the public. Sometimes they are persons of quality. Quite as often the so-called society leaders featured in the public press do not belong to a good society at all, in spite of their many published photographs and the energies of their press agents. Or possibly they do belong to smart society, but if too much advertised, instead of being the queens they seem, they might more accurately be classed as the court jesters of today. THE IMITATION AND THE GENUINE New York, more than any city in the world, unless it be Paris, loves to be amused, thrilled, and surprised all at the same time, and will accept with outstretched hand anyone who can perform this astounding feat. Do not underestimate the ability that can achieve it. A scintillating wit, an arresting originality, a talent for entertaining that amounts to genius, and gold poured literally like rain, are the least requirements. Puritan America, on the other hand, demanding, as a ticket of admission to her best society, the qualifications of birth, manners, and cultivation, clasps her hands tight across her slim, trim waist, and announces severely that New York's best is, in her opinion, very bad indeed. But this is because Puritan America, as well as the general public, mistakes the jester for the queen. As a matter of fact, 
best society is not at all like a court with an especial queen or king, nor is it confined to any one place or group, but might better be described as an unlimited brotherhood which spreads over the entire surface of the globe, the members of which are invariably people of cultivation and worldly knowledge, who have not only perfect manners, but a perfect manner. Manners are made up of trivialities of deportment, which can be easily learned if one does not happen to know them. Manner is personality, the outward manifestation of one's innate character and attitude toward life. A gentleman, for instance, will never be ostentatious or overbearing, any more than he will ever be servile, because these attributes never animate the impulses of a well-bred person. A man whose manners suggest the grotesque is invariably a person of imitation rather than of real position. Etiquette must, if it is to be of more than trifling use, include ethics as well as manners. Certainly what one is is of far greater importance than what one appears to be. A knowledge of etiquette is, of course, essential to one's decent behavior, just as clothing is essential to one's decent appearance and precisely as one wears the latter without being self-conscious of having on shoes and perhaps gloves, one who has good manners is equally unself-conscious in the observance of etiquette, the precepts of which must be so thoroughly absorbed as to make their observance a matter of instinct rather than of conscious obedience. Thus best society is not a fellowship of the wealthy, nor does it seek to exclude those who are not of exalted birth but it is an association of gentlefolk, of whom good form in speech, charm of manner, knowledge of the social amenities, and instinctive consideration for the feelings of others, are the credentials by which society the world over recognizes its chosen members. End of chapter 1